Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's been 31 years since the 49ers won in Minnesota. Will the streak continue tonight? I'm Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings. My rabbits pick the games. When they're right, they grow bigger. I am growing concerned about this. <laughs> hey, this is Arif Hassan from the Wide Left Substack here in Vegas to tell you that sports gambling is bad. But slots are good. <laughs> Plenty of Vikings 49ers talk, and I think we're going to get some stories from Arif on today's Minnesota football party. Locked on Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party. What's up, everybody? It's a Monday. It is a game day on the Minnesota Football Party on Locked On Sports Minnesota. We appreciate you watching on YouTube, the Locked On Sports Minnesota channel, and listening on the Locked On Vikings feed wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Tell your friends all about us. You met Luke Braun. You met Arif Hassan. Luke Inman joins the show in progress. We're going to talk Vikings 49ers today, of course, who will steal the headlines in tonight's primetime showdown? Will Dalton Reisner, Wally Pip, Ezra Cleveland? What did we watch in the NFL yesterday? There were a lot of great games, and of course, we're going to have our Monday nerdy stats of the day, and even some party fouls before the show is done. And the show is brought to you by FanDuel, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets, guaranteed, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And we will get started with the show, and we will go right to Luke Braun. We have a Vikings game in, as we record this, seven, no, bad math, eight and a half hours. Who is going to be the player that steals the headlines? Who's going to be the primetime performer on either side that we're going to be talking about when this game is done? In a good way or a bad way? <laughs> hey, that is up to you, my friend. Um, let's see. Justin Jefferson. Duh. Yeah, Justin Jefferson. Um, bad news for you. This oh, no, is we'll going to be, be a Trent Williams. I think either way, we'll be talking about Jordan Addison. Either in that he he stepped up, you know, took the show took the reins of the offense without Justin Jefferson or that he got bullied by a couple of big corners. I think we're going to be having, and and by the way, good answer. I think we're going to be having the same conversation we've had after a couple of games where we'll say, man, this blitz is fun, but Vikings got caught in it a lot. We're going to be praising Brock Purdy. We're going to be saying that guy is not a system quarterback. He's pretty good and he's pretty good under pressure which he has been statistically in his two years in the league. I am looking forward tremendously to seeing what Ivan Pace can do against Christian McCaffrey, presuming that McCaffrey plays, presuming that he's put out into pass routes, presuming that Ivan Pace is tasked with following him occasionally or tackling him in the open field. I want to see what Ivan Pace can do against the best. So I think he will be a headline in this game defensively against a team that I still I still worry about San Francisco putting up a lot of points in this game. I don't think that they are doomed whatsoever. 
with a 75% McCaffrey, no Debo, no Trent Williams. I think they're still going to be really good. Arif, what do you think? Um, I think, yeah, obviously we're going to be talking about Brock Purdy. Uh, I, I, he could put up 70 points and I'd still have doubts. <laughs> um, that's just who I am. But uh, I should point out. Wow, Did he, he go had, to NDSU? No. Why do you have doubts? No. Uh, well, is it just I, that there were annoying 49ers fans now and this is a spite thing? Well, that helps for sure, 100%. Okay. Can he not yeah, throw yeah. to his left? Uh, no, he could throw to his left. He can't necessarily throw very far, although he is getting better at that every game. Um, no, I mean, he is a system quarterback. That's it. The issue, of course, is that when you criticize a quarterback who is at the top of, like, let's say, EPA charts or whatever, is one of the most productive quarterbacks in the NFL, and you say, I, he's not that good. He's mostly pretty good. He's not very good. He's not elite. Pretty um, people, good. Pretty good. Arena. Okay, that's that's enough, Sam. Uh, people <laughs> will interpret. Calm down. Calm down. Yeah, calm down, calm down Sam. Uh, people will interpret that as you hating him, right? I'm not in the Stephen Ruiz camp of like ranking him 24th among all quarterbacks, but he certainly is not a top uh, 10 or probably even top 12 quarterback to me. And so that means, of course, that I hate him and that people get mad at me when I point this out. I will say, though, Sam, against the Blitz, he ranks 24th in PFF grade. I don't know what you're talking about. Now, against pressure, pass, he right. Okay, but pass, yeah, Blitz. you're right. You can rank it different ways, but passer rating, I believe he's top five. Yeah, well, so it turns out he's had four dropped interceptions on Blitzes, right? So that's like a big part of it is that yeah. he's got very few big-time throws against the Blitz. He's got a very low adaptive target against the Blitz, and he has a very high turnover-worthy play rate against the Blitz. And to me that signals more in terms of what his capacity to do damage is than what his NFL passer rating has been, which overrates completion percentage, something that he tends to have a very high number in because of his relatively low depth of target. So there is that, right? I mean, he does pretty well under pressure, but whether or not there is pressure, a blitz tends to confuse because he's a pre-snap diagnosis quarterback. And he's very good. Yeah, at that. that's the, the key yeah. of it is when, when he sees, you could see it in the Giants game, when the Giants, because they blitzed, they blitzed more than the Vikings have blitzed any any game all year, which is insane. They blitzed 85% of the time. 85%, yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, and whenever they would line up on the line of scrimmage like that, they would, the, the 49ers would have some kind of quick game, some kind of slant flat, some kind of stick, like something really quick where he could, you know, three-step drop, get the ball out. Uh, and it was there all day long and they move the ball up and down the field on the giants. But this is why I, I don't know if Flores does bring it as often as the giants did. I think it is good to blitz Purdy on the whole. He's worse against the blitz than not, which is not true of all quarterbacks. Um, but lining it up and, and simming it and then backing off into like one of those insane Tampa two invert looks that Brian Flores does kind of feels like it can get him. Because what Purdy likes to do when that first thing isn't there is move around and then wing something off platform. And the accuracy of those is just never going to be very consistent unless you're specifically Aaron Rodgers. And that might not have even been true about him anymore if you were still healthy. Um, and that is what can cause some of those interceptable passes where he just he does not want to set his feet. And he does not want to just like take the outlet and live to fight another day. He wants to go like find the hero ball play. And I think that maybe you can lure him into doing something stupid. If you just make sure that his pre-snap look is not, is, is not uh, accurate. 
he he is he's very much a guy that loves hero ball and we just did not see a ton of it in his rookie year until the final couple of games of the season yeah and then throughout the postseason and he and, has found some hero ball like he can do that you are risking right. that he will run around and find some insane play on you and you're like oh my god this kid looks like Mahomes. but yeah what well, the, the second i don't know how much he can do that yeah like on the aggregate, how consistently he can do that. Yeah, and, and the thing is, he wasn't punished for his mistakes in those moments when he was engaging mm -hmm. hero ball. A lot of turnover-worthy plays that were not turned into turnovers. A lot of inaccurate passes that happened on second down instead of third down. Um, when those plays turn into chaos, he looks a lot like his Iowa State self, and he just doesn't get punished for it. So statistically, it looks like he's a very good quarterback out of pocket. But generally speaking, he puts the ball in danger a lot. His arm strength just isn't up there with, you know, people like, you know, Josh Allen, um, where when he makes these like crossbody throws, um, he's either lucky that this guy is just enormously open or he gets away with it. Um, I don't know how long that's going to last, but it's just one of those things where, yeah, I don't want to take away from the fact that Ian Structure Purdy has been a very effective and capable quarterback, mm -hmm. and that's something you have to watch out for. But because the Vikings kind of excel in creating chaos, and they're very good at stopping those screens and slants that you're talking about, Luke, much better than the Giants are, there is an opportunity here. Yeah, for sure. Have, yeah. And and they the like bubble screen stuff or like a little spear screen or whatever is one of their favorite things to do. And every time I saw them do that, I'm like, yeah, we got that. Yeah. I mean, the Vikings have just been sensational at stopping this yeah. thing. Like uh, the priority one a for Flores was let's not get our blitzes beat by this crap. Cause it's kind of the first page in the book. Yeah. And, and because they don't uh, press on blitzes, you don't often see, you know, deep shots, right? Because a lot of times on, on blitzes, when there's one step deep throw uh, shots, it occurs against press coverage where the guy just gets beat. And so the, it's a, so we know that that receiver is just going to be open from the get-go. And that just doesn't happen as often with the Vikings because of how often they play off coverage. So there are opportunities. The San Francisco is a better team. Let's not get it twisted when we break it down like this. But there are huge opportunities here, especially without Debo Samuel, and especially with the – I mean, it sounds like Christian McCaffrey is going to play, but it sounds like the limited role that McCaffrey could potentially play, or just like in, in last week's game, he could be taken out partway through the game as the injury um, could potentially be nagging, right? And so when those concerns kind of rear up and they are a very skilled player dependent team, it is possible for the Vikings to have an opportunity here. 49ers still one of the best teams in the league, still in the running for the best team in the NFC, not taking that away, just saying the opportunities are actually pretty there for the Vikings given the, 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 the clash of styles, basically, right? Styles make fights. Uh, the clash of styles that are, that are uh, present here. Yeah. By the numbers, and I think that there's some validity to Purdy taking more chances this year, but last year he was incredibly turnover reverse. He was not getting lucky under pressure. He was like fourth best in turnover worthy play rate. Um, and by that, I mean, he was very turnover play, a worthy play averse. And then this year, yeah, he's marginally worse than Cousins and Allen and you know some other pretty good quarterbacks but he's also got a pretty high big time throw rate under pressure too so i'm i'm not sure that he's been skating by he's got four turnover worthy plays this year it's a pretty small sample size now with trent williams doubtful who is the backup left tackle for san francisco is that uh uh jalen moore western michigan product yeah, yeah fifth round pick uh jalen moore um he drafted in 2021 
Um, no, he he hasn't played a ton this year. He's only played about 20-odd snaps, but he has played about 150-plus snaps the prior two years. Uh, and, and he has been all right. I think he's better than most backup tackles, given the information that we have, given the number of snaps that he's played. But that doesn't tell us a lot, right? We know that that uh, backup tackles in the NFL are pretty weak, right? So, for example, you know, if you put Vidarian Lowe in his position, who is now starting with <laughs> the Patriots, um, it wouldn't... It wasn't it supposed would... to go like this, Bill. <laughs> he wasn't ready. What are you doing? He wasn't ready. Um, you know, I think you'd be in a much worse position than putting in something like a Jalen Moore. But I do think that's an area of potential weakness. Now, I wouldn't necessarily line up Daniil Hunter there. I like the idea of lining up Daniil Hunter on the right side just to draw that kind of attention and create some opportunities, maybe some unblocked plays for DJ Wanham. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> you know, go. any any opportunity you have to put DJ Wanham in an unfairly advantageous position, you got to take him. Yeah, get production out of him. And one thing that I noticed about the 49ers when I was watching, especially against the Giants, who did a lot of the same stunting stuff that Brian Flores does, some of the same stunts even, they're really good at passing off. Now, they had Trent Williams in that game, so, you know, We'll see if maybe that all falls apart without the left tackle. But they have, uh, they're really, really, really good at like passing off a crasher and then staying home, picking up a looper. Like you're not just going to get them. You could get that against the Bears. You could run one little stunt and their left guard literally just fell down, like didn't even get tripped, just fell down. You're not going to get that in this game. (laughs) You're going to have to win some one on ones, I think. One little stunt and the Bears got scared. Sorry. <laughs> Speaking of offensive line play, Dalton Reisner starting left guard for the Vikings in place of Ezra Cleveland. Now, I don't think Ezra is on the brink of getting benched. In fact, he's been quite good this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Dalton Reisner plays really well, do they find a way to keep him in this lineup, especially if Ed Ingram, by contrast, is bad? Because that's where we've been eyeballing Dalton Reisner to play all season. So could this be his in to be a fixture in this offensive line or Yeah, sure. I mean, the whole, like, one of the reasons that you wouldn't start Dalton Reisner despite paying him borderline starting money um, is because you're concerned about communication, about chemistry, et cetera. And if that gets, like, resolved, right, if it turns out he can uh, he can operate as part of the line. And, again, we, we've had, like, some Garrett Bradbury's, a lot of Austin Schlopman, right? So it's like, you know, yeah. who's he communicating with? Um then I think it kind of resolves those concerns, but it is a little bit different on the right side versus the left side, not just in terms of your footwork and, and technique, but also just who you're communicating with, who you're developing a chemistry with. So it seems like the Vikings value that a lot uh, and uh, not having those reps on the right side might make them a little bit hesitant. Personally, I would be a little bit more aggressive about it, but um I can understand if they happen to agree with the analytics firms who all suggest that the Vikings pass blocking and run blocking are just at an extremely high level right now. And why would you screw around with that if you didn't need to, which would also maybe suggest that Austin Schlipman should continue playing center. But Hey, (laughs) I think it takes like a, an extreme version of that result. I think like Ed Ingram would have to be worse than he has been so far because they haven't made the decision, obviously. Right. Um, and then Reisner also would have to be very good. But I do think like the next two games are going to drive that, I think, or for however long uh, Cleveland is out. Like that's going to drive that more than the previous one has, because this is how guys 
who are having perfectly fine years lose their jobs, right? A backup comes in and goes crazy. Um, but I think with, with Cleveland and Reisner, because those are the guys that are free agents next year, if the Vikings are trying to be serious about a rebuild, one of these two guys is your left guard next year, right? You're not just going to let them both walk and then like spend, have to spend a draft pick on it. That feels like a, a, like a really weird use of assets. You got two guys in the building. If you're happy with pick one of them playing 40 chess, really, because if you just hold back Reisner and don't let him play, then it looks to all other teams. Like he lost a battle against Ed Ingram. He sucks. Vikings know he's actually better. His value is depressed. And then you've got him. That's evil, Sam. That's evil. I mean, you could also just extend him before free agency. And then it doesn't matter what everybody else. Yeah, you have to worry about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like if you want him, get him, keep him. That's yeah. fine. Um, don't need to games now to prove labor himself. suppression tactics, Sam. <laughs> as popular I'm not accusing as anyone are. of anything yeah. other than being incredibly savvy from the general manager seat. Um, we are yeah, going to, we're going to get into our nerdy stats of the day. Talk about our week seven takeaways. And of course, party fouls before the show is done, but First, Luke Braun is going to tell us about eBay Motors. Yeah, Sam, our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Vinny Iyer, who does Locked On Fantasy Football. Every week, they've been bringing you fantasy football guaranteed fits, whether that was back in draft season or in a daily format or just scouting out the waiver wire. Here is one of those guaranteed fits this week. Uh, it, well, next week, I guess, because we're still chilling on week <laughs> on uh, week seven uh cj stroud cj stroud has been remarkably efficient as a fantasy player his uh the reputation of his games has gone up and down over the over the course of his rookie year but he's been averaging 277 yards a game and in week eight he's getting the panthers that's a pretty good matchup and somebody who is uh maybe worth a buy low if you think that somebody who does own him in your league is uh not maybe undervaluing him finding those kinds of fits where they are in the schedule and where they fit in your team is what fantasy football is all about and ebay motors understands that it's the same thing for your car they've got 122 million parts for your car and you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly no matter what it needs brake kits leds uh, roof rack, bumpers, cosmetic stuff, all the way to things under the hood that it really does need. And when you go for those parts, you need something that you know will fit your car or whatever's left of it in Arif's case. Um, if you <laughs> if you get the wrong part, it doesn't work out, right? You don't want to be in that situation and you don't want to have to navigate the jungle of what is actually compatible with a 2009 blah, blah, blah. eBay Motors can get that for you and they can help you navigate that. Just look for the green check, and you know that it matches your make and your model. So keep your rider diet alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thank you, eBay Motors. Thank you, Luke Braun. Uh, we're going to jump into our nerdy stats of the day. Analytics fans rejoice. It's time to get educated. Whoa, you're blowing my mind right now. With the nerdy stat of the day. And of course, I've turned mine into a game. My nerdy stat right. of the day relates to my cold open. Vikings have won six straight home games against San Francisco going back to 1994. 
Can you two collectively name the six starting quarterbacks for the Vikings in those six victories against San Francisco? Family feud style, you get three strikes. I'm sorry, I was looking at my own stat. Can you please repeat that question? (laughs) (laughs) Record scratch. (laughs) The Vikings have won six straight home games against San Francisco. Can you name the six Vikings starting quarterbacks in those games? So it's a collective Cousins. as as a duo. Okay. Can you do this? Right. Yeah. yeah. So Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Correct. Okay. Uh, great. Dante Culpepper. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, Christian Ponder. Correct. Brett was Brett Favre, Favre in a wave game? Okay. Yeah, I was gonna. No, that was that was in the Metrodome. Yeah. So Brett Favre. Correct. Um, Greg Lewis game. Yep. Greg Lewis game. Did we play them at home in either of the Teddy years? I don't think we did. I do not believe so. No, because that was because we like always play the Seahawks. So it's like we only play them yeah. every three. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm very familiar with that. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, but I feel like we have to. It's like 94, right? Like we have to go like. Back. That's why I brought up Culpepper, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Um, but maybe there's a Cunningham in there. I don't know. Uh, that's not an answer, Sam. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for Luke. No. Okay. I don't um, think they played San Francisco at home in '98. Well, okay. could have been '97, but no. Oh no, '90. 90... The only other time Cunningham played in San Francisco was '96 in a winner go home game in like Week 16, and then guess what happened. And that was okay. That was an away game. or ninety five or something like that. Okay, so what that leaves us with like, what like a Kelly Holcomb style guess, like <laughs> yeah, like something super weird, Parats. yeah, um, or so like a Brad Johnson, Parats? maybe a T Jack. Oh, a Brad Johnson, I would like. Maybe we should go for that. For I'm waiting for a consensus. T Jack feels right. T-Jack? T-Jack? Is that a guess? Was that a question yeah. or a guess? No, that's yeah, a, guess. a guess. T-Jack. Oh, okay. We only got one left. Um, Boy. She, I, I, we're like fresh out, right? So yeah, we're, 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 well, I mean, yeah, we've got go, so many. Let's go with Brad Johnson then. If we, if we don't have yeah. any clues, we might as well. It's Brad Johnson. Because we get two different eras there. So. Yeah. <laughs> Brad Johnson. All right. No, no. Uh, so you only got half. I'm surprised you only got half the list. Uh, you got to go back to 2003. Ferrat filling in for Dante oh, and just wow. lighting up, lighting up the Niners. I'm, I think I'm, Moss I'm glad I at least mentioned Ferrat offhand. That makes me feel better. Yep. And then I don't know if you mentioned Jeff George offhand, but 1999 been very good actually. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Jeff George, they boat raced him. And uh, and then 1994, do you know the quarterback of that year? Give me a second. I de- definitely. Uh, Not War- oh, Moon. yeah, Warren Moon. Okay. No, no. What was that? Not Warren, Warren Moon. Moon. <laughs> Sean yeah, Salisbury. Oh, my God. Oh, well, he was the backup, but yeah. He was also bad. Didn't he? I thought he. I thought he started like a one. It was a Wade Wilson thing where guys kept getting hurt, so he like played yeah. a lot of games. 
It was like a quarterback per year in the 90s, it seemed like. Yeah, yeah. It was Jim right. McMahon in 93, and then Warren Moon for a couple of years. And then that was coming off of Rich Gannon. Right. And then Randall Cunningham came. It saved the franchise. So Kirk Cousins trying to become a repeat quarterback on this list. Uh, nerdy stats of the day, Arif Hassan. Uh, so one over two to the power of seven. Uh, that's 0.07. Those are the approximate odds I had of losing every bet I made at a sports book yesterday in Vegas. <laughs> So uh, definitive proof that it's a skill issue? Uh, yeah, that's what that's what everybody here has been telling me. Uh, so I took. Does that my, mean they were all minus one ten? They were all like fifty fifty. Uh, basically, I mean they, they balanced out to to fifty fifty. So I just took okay. math on that one. Because yeah. um, I wasn't taking money lines, I was taking spreads, so it was going to be pretty close to fifty fifty. Yeah. So then I took what was left of my money, which I didn't put it all into into sports books and I started doing something that I had much greater skill in slots. Um, and I don't be a game of skill. I Mm -hmm. hit a one in 10,000 shot of a mini jackpot and made all of my money back. So congratulations. Those are, that's luck regression. Yeah. That's that's luck (laughs) regression. I was due. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah, well, like did, when you won the jackpot, the mini jackpot, did you know you won? Like, was it clear? Because sometimes the slot machines are These very slots confusing. are confusing, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. So, uh, so I played, um, I played, and I'm, I'm going to be writing about this, but I played uh, like something Buffalo. There's like four different Buffalo type slots. I played Buffalo Gold Revolution. And what happens is every time a buffalo just appears, it is both a wild card and a multiplier. And um, so you need to have won something else uh, in order for that to matter. And four buffalo just appeared on my screen, right, which is great. And I was like, I mm-hmm. this seems good. And then the machine starts screaming at me. It just goes buffalo, which is great because that's what I was screaming at it every time I spun and <laughs> in the exact same cadence. And so the four buffalo went off. The little portrait, which I think is like an ace, uh, went off. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I, I'm, I'm winning some of my slot money back. And then it just keeps going up and up and up. And I was like, this is going very slowly. This is good. I'm impatient. And then I just hit the button to see how much I had actually won. And it was almost identical to the amount of money I put into the machine plus the amount of money I gave to the sports book. It was incredible. And then I stopped. I was like. I'm good. Yeah, then you got to leave immediately. It feels yeah. like a win. <laughs> yeah, that feels like a huge victory when you come yeah. back like that. Yeah. yeah. So, which, yeah. Uh, if you don't mind, which uh, sports book were you frequenting? I was at William Hill. Um, yeah. I'm going to blame them. I'm not going to go back to William Hill. I'm going to, I'm more of an MGM Caesars guy now. Yeah. Isn't that all, like almost off strip, Bill Hill? It is, actually. Yeah. Uh, I am, yeah. I'm staying off strip. Some of the best sports books are off strip. They're like Circa, for example, is supposed to be one of the best. Right. That's how they draw you off the strip. They got to be good. Yeah. Um, They were not good to a reef, apparently. And you know what else wasn't good to a reef? A reef's parlay picks. Um, Oh, shot. You you (laughs) lost on Rams minus three and Tyreek over 97 and a half. He really didn't hit that? Nope. 
11 catches oh, wow. and did not hit it. Damn. It's like I crazy. Like he was on it all day. Uh, yeah. Braun, no, I, I know yeah, he didn't I, hit that. Let me tell you about that. I, I got burned by you Tyson Bajan. You are out um, courtesy of Tyson Bajan and the Bears, so tonight's game has no meaning for you. I, I but, underestimated the degree to which Justin Fields is the problem in Chicago. Yeah, uh, or you really. just don't trust Secret Bajan, man. I don't. I still don't. <laughs> Deontay <laughs> Foreman. Yeah. I weapon. refuse to learn lessons from this. Luke Edmonds out as well. He had Chargers plus five and a half and Mostert over 12 and a half receiving yards. Both failed. So he loses a hundred bucks. So Arif is still coasting in the lead by a good margin. However, I hosting. I earned those. Well, now well, you've been coasting on minimums since you uh, took the lead. But I've got San Francisco scoring first and losing tonight to win a lot of money because I got Ravens minus three yesterday. So we need a opening drive field goal for San Francisco. What am I hearing? Is that your refrigerator? I believe. I think StreamYard is confusing it for dialogue and trying to mix it up. Oh, no. Yeah, I thought you were going to try to make it easier. For yeah, the second, the second or second. It sounds like a... Like Actually, it sounds like the cabin of a airplane, like as you're as like you're getting ready to taxi. Yeah. Um, now it's better. Yeah. Any anyway, Streamer right? just picked it up and thought it was you talking. Yeah, I'm gl- I'm glad that that Streamyard has figured that I drone on like a fridge. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I'm glad that it's it can detect the difference between a voice and a refrigerator. AI will replace us all. <laughs> But yeah, that was that was my fridge. It is running. I'm not going to catch it. <laughs> uh, I do have a nerdy stat of the day. Uh, it's Brock Purdy. It's relevant to what I was talking about before. In uh, time to throw, where PFF divides this in 2.5 seconds, so less than or more than 2.5 seconds, uh, his depth of target on quicker passes, less than two and a half seconds, which isn't like drop back really fast, quick game. That's basically stuff in rhythm. Uh, 5.6 average depth of target. When things go longer than that, uh, it balloons to 12.1. He was always looking for that deep shot. Uh, similarly, in that same split, pressure to sack percentage. So how many of his pressures actually turn into sacks? When in rhythm, 8.3. Not too bad. When uh, longer than 2.5 seconds, over 20% of them turn into sacks. So if you can get him to hang on to the ball, if you can get that first in-rhythm thing to go away by disguising the look or taking it away or just covering well, um, you can force him to huck up a whole bunch of big deep balls get some sacks that feels like it has to be the way to approach this San Francisco offense, which is tough. Hey, let's make all the offensive plays go a long time and then make our guys cover. Like that's a difficult task. And Hey, mm-hmm. Hey, I mean, they're five and one, right? And a Caleb Evans questionable to play optimistic. He'll play uh, opposite of Murphy tonight. A, that was an oblique injury. injury of his own, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, that would be big if he could play at a high level. 
So yesterday I was dialed in on Red Zone. Give you some of my observations from the games yesterday. We'll hear from Arif and Luke as well. But first, a word from FanDuel. We are almost halfway through the NFL regular season. And if you've been hearing us on the show talking about our parlays, having other FanDuel fun, you want to get in the action at America's number one sports book, this is the promotion to take advantage of. New customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. $200 in your account, whether you win or lose, guaranteed. If you've been thinking about joining, this is the time. The app's really easy to use, the FanDuel Sportsbook app, or you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and peruse the many options. You can bet with me on San Francisco scoring first, and you can bet with Luke Inman on the Jaguars every week. You can bet with Arif Hassan on the Jalen Hurts tush push every week, which seems to just convert every single week. It's unbelievable. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Bet the props, bet the over-unders, bet the futures. Get in the action and make every moment more. FanDuel, an official partner of the National Football League. Week 7 observations. I watched the witching hours of both windows yesterday. I love Scott Hansen. I love Red Zone so much. I want to marry NFL Red Zone. It's so good. I feel like I, I understood. I understand the league like 50% better than I did prior to this week. Cause I haven't had a good opportunity to do mm. this, to just watch every team. Um, Colts Browns, first of all, was insane. There's so many wonky elements in that game. Two teams that I don't care about really at all. Um, entertaining at the highest level, horrible coaching, horrible officiating, pretty clutch quarterback play at times, pretty awful quarterback play at times. Very entertaining. That is what it's all about. 39-38, which I thought for a minute, hey, was that a is that a score, Gami? And then I remembered I'm pretty sure that was the score of the Dante game when Tice went for two against the Saints back in the day. Oh wow. And I think I think the Vikings and Saints had that score like 20 years ago. Um, but that was my favorite watch of the day. And uh, I enjoyed watching the uh, the Packers and Broncos finish. I thought that was the, the Jordan Love implosion these last three weeks must have Peter Bukowski, Luke, absolutely demoralized. I'm excited for you to cross over with him this week. <laughs> it's going to be because it, unless the Vikings pull out a win here, it's going to feel like two teams just spiraling like this feels like the, this upcoming Packers matchup feels like the least the lowest stakes of Vikings Packers games had in a while. Yeah, the uh, the Jordan Love game log is a thing of beauty right now. If you are a Vikings fan and you were hoping that Jordan Love was not the next coming, the next great franchise quarterback in Green Bay, he's got like a season long league low accuracy completion percentage, but three touchdowns, six interceptions in the last three games. Offense is stuck in neutral. He's not coming up in coming up big in final drives in several games this year. It's it's glorious. If you are a Vikings supporter, um, what else did you guys like yesterday watching football? Arif, you're allowed to talk. Yeah, I was about to say, am I allowed to speak? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we were on the same wavelength there. No, actually, so I think that this week was, and maybe I'm biased because I've made a lot of assumptions that were swiftly proven wrong. 
But I think this week was a lot of kind of recorrecting some narratives or shining a harsh light on the things that we thought we knew. For example, the Detroit Lions getting boat raced by the Ravens. I knew That's that Lamar Jackson was nuts, right? I knew that Lamar Jackson was having a great season just as a passer, in addition to being an extremely good runner, and that's fine. That didn't surprise me. But the way the Lions played, out of control how poorly they played. Some of it, you know, including some Jamison Williams drops, may have been a little bit predictable. But I just think that, like, everything the Lions did, they were doing wrong, which is just not something you've been seeing from them uh, since about this, actually, this point last season. What was your worst beat, Arif? Can you regale us with that? Uh, I mean, there's like a lot of them, right? Like, uh, I think that because uh, I had um, I had the uh, the the over on Dolphins Eagles, and so like oh, that was all a horrible those, beat. Yeah, all of those uncalled Rough. penalties, especially in the fourth quarter, like the face mask that should have yeah. been like a DPI that kills me. And it's like you know, I don't think the Dolphins got screwed out of a win, right? Because they didn't play well enough, but I got screwed out of an over. That's for sure. <laughs> well, they knelt down from like what what yard line were they oh, kneeling God. at? Yeah, I they were like they were kneeling within field goal range, right? Like it's just and would a field goal have put you over? Uh, yeah, because it was a fifty uh, was forty eight. Yeah, so I took it at fifty one and a half. It ended up going up to fifty two oh, and a half. So. so you actually would so field goal wouldn't have helped. Yeah, it wouldn't have helped. But um, but yeah, like just I just needed like one of the three egregious missed calls against the Dolphins to go my way. And it just, mm-hmm. especially because they happened in the fourth quarter, it was just, it was bad. I also had the Dolphins plus three. That was obviously not in play. But I think the the over on that one would have would have helped me out a lot. <laughs> I was actually... Miles Garrett. Yeah. And that just taking just over tearing a game. I, it's one of my favorite things in any sport is when there's just one player that decides, it's my time now. This is This game <laughs> belongs to me and I'm going to decide who wins it uh one of those games from miles garrett just like the safety how many sacks did he end up even having like he participated in 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 two in terms of the amount of direct contact he had but i think he caused two others yeah (laughs) um so yeah and just what what an awesome game unfortunately one let's be honest without playoff implications oh my god and deshaun watson got like shadow benched yeah, maybe. Do we believe um, them? I I don't know. Uh, <laughs> PJ Walker is not very good at football. It pains me to admit, um, but is probably better than Deshaun Watson, and they should think about that for a little bit while they debate between PJ Walker and DTR, who looked ready in the they, preseason, did not look ready in the regular season. They <laughs> sure have a lot of time to think about their quarterback situation. <laughs> Boy, do yeah. they! Before uh, they have that any a- ability to do anything about it. <laughs> I will say that was another example of the NFL being weird because the Browns through six weeks had by far one of the best NFL defenses we'd ever Mm -hmm. seen. It was like a 2019 Patriots, 2002 Buccaneers. Like they were on pace in a lot of key metrics, like EPA per play, success rate against the pass and against the run. They were phenomenal. And then they, and then a Gardner Minshew led Colts put 38 on them. Minshew Mania, baby. Ah, so that was like that. Where was that the previous week? Michael Pittman had a couple of big boy plays in that one. Yeah. So did Alec Pierce. Yeah. Josh. But yeah, Dallas, Michael maybe. Pittman after the That's game was definitely. like, yeah, I don't know why I'm not a bigger part of the offense. Maybe I should be. It was like, uh, sneaky good, <laughs> sneaky good weapons there, especially when Jonathan Taylor is like playing and not mad at everybody. This is a good stable of weapons yeah. in, uh, in Indianapolis.
they're also they're building something, uh, but they lost their what, QB. Yeah. Yep. Um, and one more point too from yesterday: the greatest, perhaps, replay of all time: Drake London diving headfirst over oh the pylon. <laughs> you see the Artbud Sports tweet about it. <laughs> oh, no. oh, I got! I got to see that. I got to see that. It's an upside down crucifixion. Spoiler. Oh my god! It's um, so good. Oh my god! Graphic. But the, the oh, amount of wow. times that we had to watch it, too, because it was a key play. It was like, did his fingertips touch? Did, he, did, did the he, ball yeah. touch the pylon? Is it a yeah. fumble? And they showed it 25 again, times. Again, his just a dreadful game just, dr- grinding to an entire halt over a fingernail. This is like, this is what John Heisman intended for sure. <laughs> you know, and it's like and it's like, okay, I know that technically the play only happened once, but the replay is happening so often that I'm worried about this guy's neck. <laughs> like you can't, you can't keep doing that, Drake London. <laughs> and then they fall right okay. back through the end zone again. <laughs> and I actually think they got the call wrong. I thought it was a fumble, but um, and then they fumbled on the next play. They they literally took ten minutes to review that. There, there were some. They there gave some, like, them the wacky, ball at the one, fumbled on the next play. There were some wacky plays this week, right? Because you had like. The, the Dolphins, like, fumbling kind of three times off a catch, but it was actually incomplete. But, like, the Tyreek Hill fumble through into the end zone and two people yeah. covered the Yeah, three guys um, chasing after Big it. week yeah. for that rule. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and then um, there's the Packers touchdown off of Jaden Reed, like, which is <laughs> yeah. crazy because I had, you know, I had the Packers at, at pick them, and I was losing my mind in the, in the, in the lounge, and I was not the only one. A bunch of us were celebrating how stupid that touchdown was. <laughs> so, yeah, but there's like a lot of them. And I think the Chargers almost had a version of that too. Like just crazy. Um, very quickly in closing, we have party fouls because I want to talk about the Gophers. It's time to tell you who spilled their proverbial drink on the sofa. Get ready for this week's party foul. Um, Arif, you'll appreciate this. Ron, I don't know if you're as connected to the university. Oh, there he is. I am, I am not. Look, look at this. Oh, he made it just in time. Hey, oh, no. Guys, where did Reef go? Come on. What? Sorry. Sorry. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> contractors, am I right? Contractors. Just in time. What's, what's the deal with contractors? <laughs> just in time for party fouls. Um, Luke Hammond, you <laughs> Hold on, hold on. Just real quick. I know we're running low on time. I know I'm just jumping in here. I don't want to go way off topic and hijack this thing because I'm so late. There's two things I just wanted to mention. Maybe you guys have already touched on them. One, I think Daniil Hunter gets a sack tonight, passes Everson Griffin on the all-time Viking sack list. Oh. By the way, we'll do so in 47 less games, which is insane because he's Ooh. only about to turn 29, I think. 29, Trade him for a third and a tight end. Trade him. Trade him. That's Trade him now. Nugget. Trade him now. Um, but the other thing is, I was studying San Fran this week. What blows my mind about the San Francisco team and just the roster management construction is the fact they built such a powerhouse despite the fact they literally burned three first-round picks on Trey Lance. They wasted the third overall pick on Solomon Thomas back in, what, 2017. They missed on Javon Kinlaw with the top 15 pick in 2020. Those are the types of moves that are supposed to set your franchise back years and years. They traded, what, a handful of second and third and fourth round picks for a running back, which we all know on paper, that's like 
cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. So what John Lynch and Shanahan have done to, to build this powerhouse, I think is just absolutely insane. You tend to forget that. But when I studied San Fran this week, that's incredible, man. They've missed on so many early picks. Yeah. All right, so I got I to gotta head out real quick. So my party foul was everyone asking the Eagles, the most successful team in the world in one-yard situations, whether they should ban the tush push. Of course, every Eagles player and coach <laughs> is going to say no, and they're going to say get good, and they're right. That's my party foul. I got to dip. Peace out. Everyone tell me about my gambling. Enjoy, enjoy <laughs> the Vegas Strip. Unbelievable. He's Luke, going to Vegas? Missed- you missed I, no, he's he's there. Vegas. You missed some good yeah. Arif gambling stories. Oh, unbelievable! Um, I'll have to, uh, you know, just go back and uh, check go back and podcast from, from the start. On hey, yep, yep, that yep. was actually going to be my party follow as well. I think there's just such a huge overreaction to the league banning this thing. I think unless that play proves to be more injury prone and like a lot of guys are getting injured, I think there's no way you can ask one team. Um, or excuse me, change the rules because one team is having so much success. I think until They're, somebody figures it out, it's here Jaylen to stay. Hurts is 48 of 54 in one yard to go situations the last two years. Yeah. The, there is one thing I wholeheartedly agree. Get good. Quit whining. Get Everybody good. else is not Be as better. good at this. Yep. It's the Eagles are very strong up front. Hit the weight room. Um, But there is a the the health from the from the health and safety angle. The only point that I've heard that is compelling is on special teams on field goal block situations. They have banned the defense from doing the same thing, from uh, doing this sort of like pushing guys into each other. Um, so there there is precedent for being concerned about like neck injuries in this kind of deal, uh, or or like the the concussion risk of it all. That is the only reason I can see being compelling for being like, no, we've actually determined that the impact here is actually like super unsafe. We can't do this anymore. But from a competitive angle, cut them, figure it out, stay low, get low. Mm-hmm. It's actually not even like the the push part of it itself. I don't think is it's the, the key. I, I think the Eagles are just really good at QB sneaks. I don't yeah. I think if you took the pusher out, I think they would still be mostly as successful 100 percent agree agreed. i agreed. i yep i thought that in the vikings game and i i've watched it more and i still think that it like that they just clear out like the red sea parts right and you just like you just get like a head. yard of 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 push that's not the tight end behind jalen hurts right. all that so, guy is doing is, right. is is hurting jalen hurts neck no you're totally <laughs> right luke half the time you look at the tight Goddard or whoever it is behind them supposed to be pushing them. They're just standing there. Like they already converted. You don't even need. Yeah. Them. How do you stop it then defensively? What do you do? Just stack cut. and mug the a gap. I mean, what do you do? Put cut the multiple knees. guys. Yeah. Get, yep. Cut the knees and grab turf. That's, yeah. that's the, the, yeah. the move is just to go down. The problem is the second it's not that you're, you've now put your face in the turf on a fourth and one. And mm-hmm. that's obviously like, there's a risk to that. Um, but I mean, stay low and, you know, low man wins, right? Mm-hmm. Get a push. The linebackers need to get penetration. Um, you know, guys need to come in off the edge and uh, we we've stopped a couple fourth downs. You probably remember a couple from the Vikings where like, you know, I think Patrick Peterson had one last year where he like came blitzing in off the edge and grabbed the runner, pulled him back. Like, I mean, back. it's the same way. Yeah. Same way you approach any sneak. Definitely mug the a gaps and everybody does that against the Eagles, but they don't get they don't stay low lower than the Eagles do because the Eagles are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we're running overtime. I just wanted to take this opportunity to rip 
Iowa and Minnesota for their offensive display, but mainly Iowa for their comments in the postgame where Kirk Ferentz, and we're referring to the infamous illegal fair catch signal, Cooper DeGene and his head coach. Who's a stud, after, by the way, who's an absolute stud is, corner and return And showed man. that with the return, yes. They both claimed that he was just trying to run, that he was just trying to keep his balance, Yeah, that his that was arm call, was though. waving haphazardly as he was running toward the football, and that was a natural running motion, which brought to mind Alex Rodriguez knocking the ball from the pitcher's glove wow. and then trying to tell the umpires, I was just running. I was just running with my arms. I was <laughs> That's pumping. right. I remember that. I re- that playoffs, right? World Series even? It was what game was it? six of the 2003 ALCS was yeah. when Boston was coming back from 3-0 down, and A-Rod, the, the most blatant like, Slap lie. Slap that thing out yeah. of there, yeah. Yeah, um, that that came to mind. But we are we are overtime, and we are going to get out of here. Luke Inman, thank you for uh, for your appearance today. Sorry I'm for the tardiness, boys. Honored. Now the, the cameo was good. The cameo you packed a punch in those. You five came minutes. in, kicked a reef out. <laughs> right, kicked the door <laughs> down, Big Bird style. Said, "What's up? What are we doing here?" Um, yeah, I definitely, actually, I'm not just saying this. I am actually going to go back and listen to all those good reef Vegas gambling stories. I can't wait. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it was it was good. Luke Braun, Luke Inman, thank you. I'm Sam Ekstrom. The postcast tonight with us three, joined by Ron Johnson, reacting to Vikings 49ers. Don't miss that on Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube and the Locked On Vikings audio feed. Thank you all for watching, and we'll talk to you tonight.